0: Up until this point in the show, we've mostly discussed topics that are relevant to worldview, topics that can be explained by either theism or atheism. But what about those subjects that don't neatly fit into a worldview category? That's right. Today we're going in-depth on the topic of aliens, paranormal experiences, and the unknown. Bailey.
1: I'm Michael. And I'm David.
0: And welcome back to the Facing the Gates podcast. Hopefully, you don't hear that plane that's landing apparently right outside of my apartment that decided to just land. It's great. Perks of living near an airport.
1: Hey, I'm surprised I haven't heard a helicopter. It's here. Same here. There's been a lot of helicopters, I guess, heading to a, the forward or the site.
2: And it's because be the aliens, aliens. dude. it's not nuclear
0: it's aliens
1: nuclear aliens
0: i was gonna say that dang it okay we're storing their pee (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: okay it tastes tastes delicious
0: stop all right anyway um we're gonna just go ahead and dive right in this episode is about aliens and ghosts to be fair um but it's about aliens so Taking worldview out of the question, do you believe in aliens?
1: It's hard not to bring worldview into it because I believe that if there is one form of intelligent life, the idea that there could not be any more forms of intelligent life is kind of crazy. So I, I do believe that it is possible there are Otherworldly beings, aliens, little gray men. Yeah. But I don't know 100% for a fact, of course.
3: Right.
0: What do you think, David? Yeah, I'm
1: glad you brought up the kind of idea of sentience because, I mean, we found, like, microorganisms and stuff, for example, on Mars in, like, the frozen water. But sentient life forms... Not yet, though. I think it's just as possible.
0: Is micro for micro organisms bacterial or is yeah. are microorganisms are they alive?
1: Well, these were fossils of them.
0: Okay. Well, the question yeah. is, do they live? Are they living entities? Are they like? Do they have life in them? Obviously, they're dead now, but
1: yeah, they they used to have life. So okay. Technically, they exist, but if in kind of the modern viewpoint, we think aliens, we think sentience. So that we don't know, but I think it's reasonably possible. I'll keep that in mind. How about
0: you, okay. Um, So here's my super diplomatic answer. I don't know. Maybe so we're all kind
1: of on the same, <laughs> the same uh, ladder with we're actually all on the same page.
0: Yeah, so I got lunch with somebody. Um, ironically, this was after church, and we got on the topic of aliens somehow because um, his dad's a big fan of like you know he knows a lot of the alien stuff. He knows about like you know all the different sightings and the histor- history of it and stuff like that. So he's super into it. Um, it's and a big like, Cold
1: War. F- Kind of thing because there's a lot of stuff that like we've had where it's like, yeah, now it's just uh, Russia or the u s doing something stupid, and then there's stuff like who knows
0: right, so I mean, I guess it's possible, like like michael said it's it's kind of hard to believe that. Well, it's it, it's also hard to believe, but also not that we are the only intelligent life forms on in existence, um, and it, and like you said, it is difficult to take worldview out of the question because it is it is one of those questions that is intrinsically related to worldview. Um, so I think I'm actually just gonna like pull pull the worldview question back into it and say like, what would it mean for your worldview if aliens did exist? You know, like, would that disprove your worldview? Would it prove it? Would it make it more complicated? Um, what do you guys think?
1: Well, see, my worldview is already complicated as hell. Uh, there's a lot of questions <laughs> being asked and answers searched. I don't think it would honestly change too much because I leave my door open for any possibility, if that makes sense.
0: hmm What about you, David?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it would kind of like Michael, it would change it and mm-hmm. complicate it a bit, but in what ways it's kind of hard to figure out unless it, you know, actually happened Because yeah. then there's the other questions. Okay. How did they come about? What happened here? and All that. Right. Kind of as- asking the same questions we asked earlier in the series.
0: So for me, I think, there's there's a couple different ways that certain Christians will go about this. Like some of them will say it's completely incompatible with Christian belief because um this I don't know if this is entirely true, but from my perception, the the types of Christians that will say um that it's impossible for aliens to exist because my worldview is true essentially. A priori assuming Christianity is true, therefore aliens don't exist. those are the types of Christians that put a heavy burden a heavy amount of weight on um penal substitution and they are the ones that say like, well Christ died for all so it, you know if if these aliens existed, then you know there, there's all sorts of theological questions that come up with that. You know, did God create those aliens? Are they spiritual entities? Was Christ's death salvific for them? Um, if if you want to frame it in that way, I, I wouldn't necessarily. But that is kind of a way oftentimes it is framed. So uh, there's there's a lot of questions that come into play as to whether or not... Um, if there are any logical inconsistencies with within a worldview given this new information that aliens exist potentially so i i personally i don't see that there is a problem with the preposition that aliens exist and the preposition that god exists necessarily i think maybe our understanding of the two might change but i don't think that They're necessarily incompatible because, you know, these alien life forms, they could be. I mean, there are some people that have even said they're not even aliens at all. They're just demons in different forms. I don't personally buy that, but I, I think, you know, it's an interesting hypothesis at the very least. I think, you know, it could be it's possible that it could be angels. Spirits of, of of positive forces. It's also possible that they are just other organic life forms like us that God also created, and that God also gave them their own instructions, their own Torah, their own Christ. Um, and not, and and I guess that's where it gets complicated, is because people will say, oh well, you know, we have this formulated idea of the Trinity, so when you insert. Um, a clone of christ or another christ maybe it's the same christ because that would that would throw things off it was if it was a different entity different christ um anyway there's a lot of really different rabbit trail questions we could go with there
1: yeah i mean the way i look at that is and i'll i'll say on the christ thing christ was the physical embodiment was God's physical vessel of sorts right. is at least the way I'm understanding it. And so it would make just as much sense not to sell an omnipresent, all knowing being, not to sell him short on creating other intelligent life forms and guiding them as well. Cause if you know, all knowing, all powerful, it's like, the free will by saying it's like when some people would say we don't have free will, that's ending of itself selling an all knowing being short. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to sell your God short, that's kind of counteractive in my eyes.
0: Yeah. So I would say that I would be inclined to say that there definitely isn't another Christ for aliens if they were to. This is a weird conversation, but there's de- there's definitely only one Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I can confidently say that. But um, it's also then there's another question we have to ask is, um, are these aliens sinful beings that need some sort of repentance and and the way that they live their lives do they live by the same rules that air quotes on rules that we live by um yeah so i mean the issue is this is a very big hypothetical question and we have a lot of hypothetical questions upon hypothetical questions which give you more hypothetical answers which leave you with less than you would want to know for concrete so it's really just a a fun thought experiment but anyway
1: and one, one thing i'd like to say maybe we're the sinful ones that needed salvation maybe in a different let's say universe where there are sentient life maybe adam never gave eve the apple
0: I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is it's possible, yeah. like aliens, just haven't sinned and therefore haven't been uh, affected by the fall. Well, and humankind so,
1: will change that real quick. <laughs> which,
0: which is likely why they wouldn't interact with directly at least ways with humanity, because like that that could be why this this could be a whole like origin story for guardians for like spiritual forces that are simply observing things and that aren't necessarily interacting and intervening but they are unaffected by the fall and therefore they are on a much higher spiritual plane that's that's a, obviously a spiritual route if you want to take that route there's other kinds of explanations for this you know oh
1: yeah there's tons right none of them are concrete because yeah you don't know <laughs> And that's the We don't
0: have we don't have concrete evidence. I'm not saying that there is no evidence for aliens. I I don't. I guess th- this is a separate question because like the question of if aliens exist, that's one question, right? But then we have this weird aerial phenomena that we are witnessing in the skies. Phenomena that is so common that even the military is noticing it. Um, so there's obviously something going on there. Now the aliens hypothesis that's one of them that's one of the explanations but i think that's a little bit of a stretch it could also be foreign technology like some people have said it's maybe it's demons uh maybe it's something else like there's maybe it's maybe it's atlantis people i don't know there's yeah. all kinds of things yeah. that it could and be like maybe
1: with the especially the, the phenomena of like alien like Sightings or alien ship sightings happen a lot during the Cold War. The U.S. and the USSR were doing spycraft and all sort of kind of experiments within espionage, aerial, and everything. So, and they keep them papers quite closed and shut.
0: Yes. Yeah, right. So, I
1: no, we're waiting on some more. When you look and at some of these, there are. Tests and experiments that are even hidden from a lot of people in the military-industrial complex. Like with the B-17 bomber, if I'm remembering right. Most of the military bases in America didn't even know this was a thing. Until they were told, we need people to learn how to fly these. It's not detectable on radar. It is created to be supersonic. We we are ready to dispatch these. And that was, obviously, that's not the explanation for every phenomena. Well, that's just one that has had explanations, especially over military bases and public areas that are heavily populated or have a strong nuclear presence or natural resource presence. Like, there were sightings, I want to say, even over SRS, where they're like, what in the hell is over this bomb plant with mm-hmm. so many bad chemicals and yeah things you don't want to explode and our and sister's decades side later, is los alamos yeah and then decades later it's like oh yeah we were testing this aircraft and we didn't want you guys to know because you guys can't keep quiet
0: yeah so i think my personal my personal f- uh, I think the the most likely explanation for the aerial phenomenon, at least right now, I think is more than likely foreign technology or our own technology that we don't know about. I think that's probably the most likely thing about what's going on with that. Now, like I said, the aliens question, that's a completely different thing. Is it possible that the aerial phenomenon and the alien phenomenon are two, th- are the same thing? Maybe, but Right now, we don't have enough information to say whether or not that is the case.
1: I really hope there are aliens, though. That'd be pretty lit.
0: Yeah, our understanding of the universe would change quite a bit if aliens existed. Yeah. And I've, it would go ahead.
1: I've talked with some people who would consider themselves Christians that believe that if there are alien life forms, that maybe and I'm not sure who else would subscribe to this, that maybe heaven is heaven and hell are both spiritual and physical places. And I don't know. I've never looked into that. So I obviously don't really know much about that. I've always seen them more as a kind of outside this realm thing. Mm-hmm. But it's always, you know, Fun to ponder and try to throw that in your worldview and see where it leads, even if you don't necessarily believe it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know if there there's just a lot of interesting questions that come up with the aliens topic, because it's like. I mean, particularly like the theological questions, I think, are really the interesting ones, Um, but. It is purely speculative and hypothetical at this point because we just don't have enough information. I don't think it would by default make Christianity not true. I think it would make things more complicated but beyond that, you know we can't really know until yeah we it would we have, have more to, information it would
1: be something that would be expanded upon right. yeah and then but as I've seen what uh some Christian traditions are denominations, they leave room for, you know, things that could happen, like with the more Mm -hmm. mystical things or even let's say aliens, they don't sell an omnipresent being short for lack of better words.
0: Right. I I don't I'm not particularly a fan of putting God in a box and telling God the rules of what he can and can't do. Exactly. And frequently, God breaks His own rules anyway. So you know, it's it's you really can't you can't do that. Um, He's the
1: one who makes the rules, and like with the English language, he's the one who breaks the rules. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know this has kind of been, I guess, like a short topic on the uh, talk on the aliens thing. I don't know if there's much else to say about it, though. Is there anything else we have that we might want to expand upon on this?
2: Hmm. Yeah, not that I know of.
1: Pretty much everything we've kind of could talk about.
0: Well, I feel like, like we talked about this before, like off the mic, but I yeah. don't know how much more in-depth it was.
1: Now, question. If there is evidence of alien life, do you think we as a society, hum- humanity as a whole, would be able to take that in? Or do you think we would all freak out? I mean, we see how we react to a pandemic or wars or terror. How do you, do you think humanity is ready for that? And will we ever be ready for that? If that is the case, that there it is either unify us evidence? or destroy us. Because say, kind of the grand old thing, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Say if these aliens were kind of well, kind of bad guys. Then, yeah, we'd all bond together, but if they're friendly, we're going to try to screw each other over and be friends with them.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the exact circumstances. So, like, if um, by aliens we're talking about microbial life on Mars or something, um, sure, know. we're ready for that but if it if we're talking about aliens that are basically like us that Same have deal. their own civilization you know somewhere else in the universe that are able to communicate with us and they are you know if they're bros i think it might be cool we could uh we could talk it out if they're hostile then i think that's going to obviously uh cause division and problems i think it's going to be overly politicized as everything is. And I think that there will be probably very little common sense as to the way forward. But, um, are we, as far as the question of, are we ready? Um, I don't think that we are 100% ready quite yet. I think, I don't think we'll ever truly be ready. I think the government is, you know, if, if that were to happen, I think the government would try and drip feed us things. Oh yeah. I mean, they just slowly warm us up to what might be coming. If I remember so, correctly,
1: they actually do have plans of action for if stuff like this happens.
0: Yeah. Because it is a very drastic thing to just be like, Hey, the, you, you thought your existence was this. Now we're changing everything, you know, um, yeah, it-
1: and yeah. the kind of scenario I'm painting. well, there's two, essentially. There's one where the government, let's hypothesize and say they already know. Roswell was real. They, they've seen the little, let's pretend they're little green men like we all think aliens are. Mm-hmm. Me, in my opinion, I don't think we will ever be ready for something that shocking even if it's drip-fed to us. Because you, I mean, just the idea of speaking on these things can bring up controversy. Mm-hmm. And let's say that little green dude pops up while the president's talking one day and, go, and you know, has, has a little translator and goes, sup guys, uh, I'm an alien. I think that would send the world into, first, political chaos. Second, realistic chaos. We would all, most people would be freaking out.
0: I think I mean, you're right. But at the same time, I think like it's a little easier for me to grasp because I have belief in the supernatural and paranormal and things that are outside the ordinary, I guess, already. So when it comes to, you know, like the question of aliens, for example, if you know. What what would you think would happen if the book of Revelation Started happening in this life and we started experiencing that obviously it would be a tear in the fabric of life and people would be freaking out and it would be like it it would be otherworldly and it would fundamentally change how we perceive reality however you know we as a society are in our fairly we're in a fairly comfortable bubble where we don't have to assume or posit anything new we we assume naturalism and a lot of things that we have learned over the years through science and we've been fairly stable in our assumptions about the world but it hasn't always been that way and our understanding has And previous generations have has constantly been changing. So it's only a matter of time before that understanding and that bubble is burst. And we do come to some kind of some information that fundamentally changes how we perceive reality. And that's, you know, maybe that's aliens. Maybe that's something more uh, of religious significance. You know, maybe that's paranormal. Who knows? Like, it's only a matter of time before our comfort zone is no longer comfortable
1: yeah and I mean we have had maybe not to as large of an extent but even in our lifetime things that have changed how we perceive reality we are simultaneously have the most information available to us in our pocket but we also have the biggest blinders on in our pocket through media through the internet and we we've grown up with that so that's comfortable But a hundred years ago, electricity was a terrifying thing for a lot of people. Some people saw it as the devil, some people saw it as the next revolution. And it's, we as humans always want to create our comfort zone, whether it's right or wrong. I mean, look at the circles we all find ourselves in. Look at the modern Protestant movements that we have discussed thoroughly. There's, aspects in there to keep people comfortable with the way that they are living instead of the way that is the more proper way. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We, we as a society, just if we're uncomfortable with it, we just change it. Like look at the idea of marriage. It's Mm -hmm. not what it, it used to be a lifelong bond, literally till death. There was no way out of it. And then one guy was like, hmm, I don't like that. I'm tired of killing them. <laughs> tired of killing them. I need a way out. I keep making
2: mistakes. And
1: society changed that, right yeah. or wrong, they did. And so that's partially why I think I don't think we will ever truly be comfortable mm. or ever truly, as a whole society, be able to grasp and understand it now I think the three of us we're pretty level headed when it comes to a lot of things we leave a lot open for interpretation and we leave a lot that we're willing to give access and not deny if there's evidence right and so cool. I, I, I think we're the three of us are kind of a microcosm in that but looking at society as a whole there's no way in hell we're ready for aliens <laughs> we're not even ready for different ideas to be conversed in public.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the aliens part.
1: I've got one more question.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Is there anything in history that you would look at and go, possibly there was not necessarily divine intervention or, other society intervention, but an extraterrestrial intervention. Any, let's say, oh, you for mean example, the,
0: the star, the star of the north, was actually an alien spaceship that was guiding the three wise men to Jesus. Oh no, I'm not talking like crazy shit like things.
1: That. I'm talking about say things that have moved society forward, like electricity or looking at the. A lot of people speculate on uh, ancient Egypt
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and that there could have been some some connection there when you look at things that are artifacts and things that have been found, like the uh, jars and vases that have electrical current flowing through them due to the way they're constructed. I don't personally... Believe, but I can't say for obviously a hundred percent because I wasn't there, so I'm not gonna go. Yes, no, maybe so. Do so, are, are you
0: asking is, if there like
1: is there anything in history that you could see there being an extraterrestrial
0: influence? Influence. Okay. Um. I would be less inclined to default to the extraterrestrial explanation. I would of course. probably I would probably say there's some kind of spiritual underlying force behind some of these things. Uh whether that's good or bad, you know, a positive or negative spirit. Like I I, I do believe that, you know, we are in the midst of spiritual warfare constantly, whether we're perceptive of it or not um and that can manifest in some of the technology that can manifest in you know whatever developments that happen throughout time uh and you know good or bad but i i i don't know anything specifically that i would say oh yeah that was probably aliens because i don't think i have enough of a belief in aliens in a concrete sense to say that i that this was pro this thing was caused by aliens. So like I for me to even say that I would have to become more convinced that aliens do exist. Right now I'm kind of alien agnostic at this point. So I that's Which I I I think we all
1: kind of are. Yeah. It was just a fun little thing to ask. Because obviously we've all seen the shows ancient aliens and all that bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Let's call it like it is. And we've all gone down the YouTube rabbit holes where it's <laughs> aliens. <sighs> because it's yeah. interesting to think and interesting to hypothesize about and say yeah, it's what like, if.
0: It's like when I memed you on that uh, the resurrection episode and you're like time travel. Time That's why he because he time traveled. Jesus is a time traveler. And I, you know, Da, mean da, view da. With, with the aliens guy and put time travel anyway
1: maybe jesus uh, was an alien
0: <laughs> oh yeah i didn't think about that obviously you should have there are that people the who believe that
1: there well, are people who believe stupid.
0: that anyway
1: i mean who are we to say
0: i i am i'm just gonna call them stupid so anyway
1: maybe Maybe God took took a alien body formed just to look like a human. It's like, look, man, I know a human body's gonna be ruined after this.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we're we're probably we, are we done with the alien stuff. Can we move on to the ghost stuff for now? Okay. Cool. The alien stuff may come back later. Um. So we we've kind of discussed this topic in a previous episode. Uh. We did a, an episode on the paranormal way back when when we kind of just started the show but I wanted to revisit it a little bit and go a little bit more in depth Um, so just as a recap for people at home who maybe haven't heard that episode do you believe in ghosts or spirits
2: yes no I do
0: okay cool glad we covered that base (laughs) um okay so what would it mean for your worldview if ghosts existed
1: it it wouldn't really change my whole worldview since i already believe they are there it might help form a line to wherever my spiritual path is going Mm -hmm. if you know a ghostly walked in front of me was like hey bro i need to tell you about this but then i'd also have to contemplate is it positive negative you know it it would maybe help guy but maybe create more questions but i don't think it would innately change my necessary worldview if that makes sense
0: it's because you don't have one it's because you're figuring well, it out I, I,
1: have, I have i have stakes driven but i'm building the fence slowly
0: gotcha david
1: yeah as we discuss it's i don't believe in the spiritual, it would because the paranormal is pretty much just the spiritual realm kind of being visualized in somewhat of a physical form, I guess you could say.
0: It's kind of like the spiritual realm and the physical realm interacting. In yeah, like, like kind of
1: like, like a sixth sense, I guess you right. could put it as. Yeah, if if you see some paranormal thing that is irrefutable you no longer can be an atheist because you believe that there is now a conscious and a spirit within you
0: or mm-hmm. just a, a supernatural experience where it's like, okay, the supernatural exists. Yeah. And that leads all kind of, leads you down a certain road of, okay, well, you know, there must be life after death. There must be, like you said, a soul, um,
1: man
2: and intelligence,
0: has- you know, your consciousness must not be just in the mind. So anyway, um,
1: and see Bailey, this is why earlier I said, we need a more staunch atheist. We need someone to argue <laughs> with us. David is very agnostic in his atheism. He's just
0: like, uh, yeah, I guess he, he's change. like,
1: <laughs> I think this, but man, I don't know. Shit. I'm just, I'm just vibing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, um, we'll, we'll maybe talk about this more in depth. The, because I, since I used to be a paranormal investigator, it doesn't fit neatly into a certain category. Um, I mean, obviously, within Christianity, you do have the supernatural. You do have angels, you do have demons, but you don't have um, spirits that are lingering on the Earth still. Um, So, I mean, there's different explanations for what this may be. This could be um, just some kind of residual spiritual energy that's left behind by the soul that we just don't really understand yet. Um this could be you know the fact that there actually are lost souls. um you know, you could have I don't know i mean there's there's all kinds of explanations for it um it, that it could be if, and we don't we don't really know and we won't know until we're we're until we're dead, you know yeah, so there's no way of finding that kind of information out now, obviously, like when I'm talking to a um an intelligent spirit that's not necessarily demonic. Um, I don't know why that spirit is there. I can't explain why that spirit is not in heaven or hell right now. I It just doesn't neatly fit into that box. But what I do know is that spirits do exist because I've interacted with them. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show or not, but that's partly why I'm kind of okay with not doing it anymore, is because it is kind of, you know sophisticated as it may be it is kind of necromancy and you are still using scientific devices to communicate with the dead um which you're not really supposed to be doing but that being said i do believe that spirits exist and the paranormal exists i just don't know i don't have a neat little category for it essentially
1: yeah and There's been two kind of schools of thought that I've heard from a couple people when it comes to it. One leans itself more into this. They're waiting to transition. It's sort of a limbo of sorts, not necessarily limbo. And then that's
0: that's a traditional, a fairly like traditional kind of belief.
1: And then there's also one where it's like, this is a punishment. This is what you you're going to do this and also
2: it could be maybe that the
1: the time you experience it is more so put forth to you for a reason Mm -hmm. or in connection to an event like i've had that happen but i don't have answers for it
0: Yeah, I believe um, there are different types of spirits, right? So you do have actual demons and angels, but then there's also intelligent spirits that are not necessarily demonic, but that can interact with you. Then there's residual spirits that are essentially like on a tape loop. They just kind of live this part of their life over and over again. They're, this is the kind of spirit that you're going to see in the top window of the second floor at 1 p.m. every day doing the same thing, looking out, and then they move on. And then there's also poltergeist, which are known to throw things.
1: I've experienced the last two several times.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, these are, I mean, that's not necessarily an exhaustive list, but these are the, the main types that yeah. I've run across. Um, So anyway, I am actually going to hand this over to Michael to handle the remainder of this episode to kind of direct the conversation. And if you want to ask questions of me or if you guys just kind of go wherever, wherever things go. All right. This
1: is a question that obviously, David, you're not going to have an answer for, but this is for more me and Bailey right here. What was the strongest emotional experience of the paranormal that you have either witnessed or been a part of, and how has it affected you in your view? Is there any lingering effects, anything that you think about long-term from this experience? Or is it more of like a one-and-done?
0: So I I will say, because... When I tell people I'm a paranormal investigator, they're like, "Oh, tell me your ghost stories." And I'm like, "Okay, well, where do you want me to start?" And so, I, I, after having done it for so long, I did kind of get a little desensitized to. I'm like, "Okay, well, the flashlight cuts on. Okay, the battery's dead. You know, whatever. Okay, same, same shit. You know, this happens all the time." So it it did kind of get a lot of like ingrained. But there are a few things. um, I think probably specifically the most emotional experience that i had um we were at a this was with the paranormal team lost souls paranormal um we were in a plantation house and there this this plantation has a lot of history to it there's a lot of um spirits that are believed to be lived there there's supposedly a doctor um that kind of is a residual spirit that people have seen in the windows um, there's uh, at night sometimes people will hear laughter of children. Um, there was one time where we caught on the digital recorder um what sounds like uh horse horses' feet like clopping um there's you know there's all kinds of spirits that are believed to be there. Um, so this one night, um one of the members, his name was Glenn. He decided that it would be a good idea to dress up in a Confederate uniform to try and see if he can't stir anything up uh because we'll use things like sugar objects like we'll we'll bring in like a doll from a different era to see if we can't get a spirit of that era to interact with it or, or draw it out. And so essentially that was the idea that he's going to dress as if he were from a different era to kind of trigger something. And so, um, this did trigger things. And this is the kind of thing that like, you can't really catch on camera and it's really hard to, explain to someone but it was a very emotional experience specifically so we were asking yes and no questions and we would use the flashlight as a response mechanism so we would have turn the flashlight on for yes turn the flashlight off for no um and so or we would also use like the k2 for that for example like we could um you know For yes, make the K2 go off. For no, don't make it go off. Um, And we would get fairly reliable answers with this. So we asked, we would ask questions, and through the process of asking limited yes or no questions, we learned that the spirit we were talking to was a young girl by the name of Elizabeth. She was trying to find her father. Um, She was looking around in this plantation and just couldn't find him. and so the reason she couldn't find him was because her father is a on a different realm. It is a, it is a different type of spirit. So she's an intelligent spirit. Her father is a residual spirit, and they just don't have that, any way of contacting or communicating. So the, both spirits are there, but only one is actually communicating. So she... um. Apparently, her dad was injured in the war and was being resuscitated in the plantation and eventually ended up dying. And so ever since this moment, she's been trying to find him. When she realizes that he is dead, she goes out to the stairwell and hangs herself. And. In that moment, we just, when we learned that, there was just a an intense sadness that over, that just filled the room. And we could, we all felt each other's energy. We all felt the hairs on our arms standing up. And we were all, we all just felt this intense sadness. And obviously this is because you know of the what had played out that we found out throughout the story, but throughout the whole time we had already been building this this emotional feeling, like we're already feeling extremely emotional. And what do you do with that? You know, so I mean, like there are things like that that happened that have stuck with me, um and that have you know, I I don't know. Like I've prayed for her. I'm like I I hope she finds you know, peace. I hope she moves on. I don't know, um, what to do about that. I mean that for, for many years after that, I was like, well, why don't we go back? Like, why don't we, why don't we follow up? You know, cause this is a location that we went to several times and I was like, well, how can you just like leave her like that? You know, like why don't we need to like go do something? I don't burn incense or like do something to help her, you know? um, So that was probably the most emotional experience that I've had.
3: That is a very
1: strong one right there. And I mean, thinking about it, there's only so much you can do even by going back. Yeah. And I do see how for some people, situations like that would make them want to, Avoid or look away from the paranormal. hmm
0: Yeah, see, it wasn't a lot of people would think like, oh, this is like probably scary, right? Like you don't want to be in the dark and ghosts and stuff. Like it really wasn't scary. Um, I mean, like, there are moments that are a little creepy and you know, but it's but more, you're kind of
1: expecting exactly. It's smooth. more of
0: it's more of like a curiosity kind of thing. Like, I wanna know and like
1: you're you're not expecting I'm to I'm more
0: curious than I am scared.
1: You're not expecting to want to give that little girl a hug and cry one out with her. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's it's like going to a horror film and then crying like a baby.
2: Yeah. And to
1: kind of go after that for me personally. I didn't have a sad emotion when it happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of more of a relief of sorts. To preface, this, this is regarding my grandfather's death. We mm-hmm. all knew it was coming. I knew he'd be dead soon once he came back from uh, rehab. He, he looked like he didn't have a spirit in him. He looked like a shell of a man. And I remember sitting in me and David's bedroom and then going up because I thought I saw someone walk. Mm-hmm. And it looked very similar to how my sister looks. And I've probably told this before. And so I go, obviously, walk to my mom's room to be like, hey, yo, why is she going outside? What the hell? And then my mom's like, we we should we should probably go tell, tell him goodbye. And I was like, and I look around the corner, my sister's sitting right there, and first it's that initial shock that that can't be right. Mm-hmm. How did, and you try to logically wrap your head around it, but then it was, obviously there was some sadness there, but we had been processing this grief for two, three years at that point.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was more of a, kind of a sort of piece that kind of came over like, okay, his suffering is going to end. We're going to go be with him in this time. And our great grandmother had always, her spirit had always kind of been in that house from when she died. You'd feel her tickle in your feet You'd hear footsteps in the hallway when no one else was home. And you had that sense that someone not frightening was there with you. Someone was always watching in kind of like a parental way. Someone who (laughs) cared about you. And then after he had passed and I had saw this figure walk to the front door and essentially leave, there, there was no more of that in that house. It was a very kind of surreal thing to experience. Her Essentially, her leaving to go get her son and bring him wherever is kind of the yeah. way that I wrap my mind around it. And it was very oddly peaceful mm-hmm. once the initial shock had set in. Because I had felt he wasn't necessarily there. He was just waiting for his time to come.
2: And now granted, I don't know how everybody
1: else took it. But I know my, my mom and dad wrap their heads around it in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Because we have all experienced paranormal things. And I'd say that's probably the most emotional one. Because you're losing someone, but you felt that someone has been reunited as well.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. That's a good one. All right. For the next one.
1: And obviously... I've pretty much answered this question with that one, but it kind of ties together. Have you ever had a paranormal experience relating to a friend or loved one that you have lost or maybe not even met yet?
2: Hmm. I don't think I have had...
0: Um... So I don't think I, I mean, other than like maybe that dream that we talked about in the last episode, um, I don't think I've had any paranormal experiences, um, but I have had dreams and so like there was that one, obviously from the last episode, there's another type of dream that I have every now and then, um, I don't want to put that on air we can talk about that later but okay
1: yeah that's perfectly um, fine
0: yeah so i mean i don't think i have actually i don't think i've had any paranormal experiences relating to people i actually know
1: have you ever had the feeling this is something that i do mhm and i know my mom does uh sometimes you just need to go visit someone's grave and talk and For me, personally, when I do that, I feel that there's something more to that than just talking. It feels like... And it
0: could be... Communicating directly is what you feel like.
1: Yeah, it feels like they're listening. It's like when you pray, you're directing that conversation to God.
0: Yeah, so I don't... this This is more like a spiritual thing like i haven't had uh necessarily the urge to like go to somebody's grave or something but i have had like a very strong spiritual urge that like i need to tell some this person this thing or i need to do this thing right now and it's like extremely important that i do it and yeah like nine times out of ten i need to do that thing um and i do believe that there's I believe that's the Holy Spirit guiding in in some of those instances. There are other... It's difficult because you can be self-deceptive and really get into your head about, like, what you want, and so, well, you know, this is... So it does get complicated sometimes, but, yeah, yeah, there there have been definitely times where I feel like there's a a supernatural urge to do something for a certain reason.
1: Yeah, and obviously it could be just self-coping or they could be which you we, it's hard to quantify these things. Alright, for the next question. Tell me what was if you had to pick one the one experience or in David's case, lack of experience that helped form your belief or disbelief in the paranormal.
0: So for me Growing up, I was always fascinated by the paranormal TV shows and always wanted to, you know, know what it was like. And I saw like, oh, well, these people are ghost hunting. And, you know, I just kind of um, assumed that the paranormal existed, but I never really knew until I experienced it, I guess. And so I was like, well, you know, to, to put it to the test, I have to actually experience the paranormal. So. I ended up joining a paranormal team at the age of, like, 12 or 13, or probably some age that was way too young. Um, But um, during this investigation, it was a private location. It was was somebody's house, basically. They were having some issues, um, uh, like the remote would disappear, and their daughter would feel very agitated in her room, like some kind of there was something bothering her in that room. So we went, and this was my first official investigation with the paranormal team. There's like, I think three of us, well, three other people plus me. Um, and then, you know, we set up our cameras and ran it back to the, the nerve center. And like, it was really cool. Cause it's like, it's all, in the, it's like, it's like in the TV shows. Right. And so, um, my, hazing experience was they wanted me to go into the most active slash haunted room and ask questions by myself and I was like okay fine I I will do it but I need Lisa to stand outside the door because I'm freaked out a little bit I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable so I took a flashlight Um, this is one of the common tools we would use we would basically it's one of those twist flashlights to twist on we would twist it a little bit so that it's just barely on and you would put it on a dresser tap it and it would turn on you could tap it again and turn it off so it's a little easier to manipulate Um, you have to be careful and get it just right because sometimes the vibrations in the floor could set it off and um, that's one thing we always try to do is make sure we're debunking anything as much as possible. So I'm just sitting in this dark room on this girl's bed with a flashlight on her dresser, asking questions, seemingly talking to myself. And I ask a question and I'm like, well, if, if yes, then can you turn on the flashlight? And then the flashlight turns on. And this was I was like, I was my jaw dropped because I was like, I had never experienced anything like this before. And all of a sudden, this light is on. And so I'm like, okay, thank you. Can you turn the light off? Turns it off immediately. And I'm like, okay. And so I, you know, continue to ask questions and everything. And that was probably the the defining moment for me because that was like, you know, everything before was in theory and abstract, like, these are other people's experiences but now i've actually had my own experiences and so like that was the first piece of evidence that i'd caught um there was obviously moments in other locations where i would feel things that you can't really empirically verify um kind of like the other story i had told but yeah those were probably the things that like solidified my belief, like, okay, this is real. This is actually happening because it actually happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I'd say what kind of solidified my beliefs in the paranormal, because I, the, this was after that emotional one about my grandfather passing, because I, I couldn't really decipher if that's more of a, spiritual thing as in heaven hell or if there's something else mm-hmm. i would say with my first two or three weeks working at the old hotel me and david used to work at i was in the basement clearing stuff out because the basement had constantly flooded and there was stuff in there from years and years and it was an absolute mess we had rented a dumpster we had to empty this thing out essentially. And I remember near the tail end of it. obviously I'd felt that, you know, there was something else there. But I figured maybe it's just cause it's old. Maybe, you know, there's other things that could be affecting. Who knows? I could be getting carbon carbon monoxide poisoning for all I know. This place is ancient. I put a putty knife onto the wall on a nail, and the nail went at a, uh, what's, trying to think, like a 45 degree angle. There's no way this putty knife is falling off Mm -hmm. once it is at the end of the nail because there's Mm -hmm. a good two, three inches past the handle. I put that on and I go turn around to go throw away a carpet cleaner and a floor buffer. This thing gets thrown at me, thrown. And I'm not talking a light throw. I'm talking this thing went, Past me, and I was a good 15 feet away. And there was just this unsettling feeling. And the running joke between me and everybody is if we had something happen like that, we would go walk upstairs, like, This is yours. You can, I'll come back later. Okay. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I'd say working at that hotel as a whole and being as mobile as I was doing maintenance or Being a houseman. Helping housekeeping. Being as mobile as I was. And going in places where a lot of people didn't go. And I would have to go in these places. Even in the dead of night. Like up to to the attic. Down in the basement. And I spent a lot of time working in these areas. So Mm. in a sense. I felt. Like. They. They knew. That I was there. And that I kind of know that they're there. And so I would try to build this. Hey, look, I'm here for five seconds. Don't throw shit at me. (laughs) Or. Yeah. And granted it weird shit still happened, but I, it was very, I was very vocal to them. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Hey man, let's not do that today. I want to go home. And so I'd say just my experience in working in that hotel as a whole really cemented my belief in the paranormal, which I am so sad that hotel's not open right now because I would love to take you in there and Mm -hmm. show you where all this stuff happened. Yeah. And also watching the different uh, paranormal teams come through Mm -hmm. and they would always stop in the same area on the second floor and on the third floor. And it that's too much more than just coincidence because the room numbers had been changed. The room Mm -hmm. layouts had been changed. There was no way to line up what had happened 100 years ago or 50 years ago. Yeah. Or people would get a weird feeling being sometimes behind the bar once the bar closed Mm -hmm. because somebody tried to jump out the roof and behind the bar was the pool and he obviously missed it.
0: Yeah, when... um what's interesting is with the paranormal team a lot of times if we have somebody at nerve center and they're watching the cameras um they'll pick up orbs which are basically these little round spheres that you know move around on the screen um the way you can tell the difference between an orb and a piece of dust is an orb has a mind of its own sometimes it glistens sometimes it you know it, it it kind of it moves significantly differently than dust and what orbs are it's just energy you know it could be a spirit it could be just raw energy we we don't really know what orbs are but um, you know there will be times where someone's at nerve center looking on the camera while someone's investigating they'll ask a question and then they'll look around and then somebody, the person at nerve center will page the person doing the investigation and be like, Hey, the direction you just looked, I know you can't see it, but there was an orb there. And that kind of thing happens very way more often than you would think. Oh yeah. And Dave, sp- sorry,
1: go ahead. Speaking of cameras, my general manager had, it was just the black and white light security camera. Yeah, that was connected to the Wi-Fi, and oh yeah, the one on the uh, well, it, it was sh- it f- wasn't his office for a while, and sometimes you'd see like the cabinet doors open just a little bit, and then quickly close, and it's like that's crazy. That is, or nuts. you'd see uh people would drop the little mint wrappers, mm-hmm. and you would see as if someone's like walking over them. <laughs> Wow. I'll, I'll have to get with him to see if, I, if he still has any copies of that because that shit was crazy. But we wow. also used that to play pranks on people because there was a moth that would break in and fly around. And it, the way it picked up on the light, it made the mm-hmm. moth a circle. And so we would uh-huh. fuck with people <laughs> and go, oh, you see, you see. And it's like, we already know there's ghosts in there. Don't freak me out. I was at the front desk during this time. <laughs> Obviously, David um. wasn't phased.
0: Yeah, David, what um to kind of flip that question on you, what was the lack of experience that helped form your disbelief in the
2: paranormal? See there.
1: I can't tell if he's frozen.
2: I think he's frozen.
0: Uh, The Wi Fi went out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oof. We'll have to (laughs) continue this show without him. Yeah. If if he gets back we can touch back base.
0: David is dead. Well, not done, dead, done. but you know he's frozen on our screen. So it, yeah,
1: <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell if he was frozen or not.
0: Yeah, well, he always looks like that. So anyway, yeah. Well, David doesn't exist. I'll let you continue.
2: All right. And
1: is there? I know we've talked about this in private, and this one may be out of order, but is there any phenomenon? That you have experienced that made you feel as if there was a paranormal experience, even though you know now that there wasn't. So, if you'd like for me to give an example, I'm more than happy.
2: Mm. Yeah, you go ahead and give yours
1: first. Okay. When, at the last hotel I worked at, I was the licensed pool operator. And I was the only maintenance person, so that meant I had to work on everything from the industrial washers, dryers, the pool heaters, the pool chemicals. Everything was kind of my my roundhouse, and it was only after I go, it's not fixable by me. You need to hire someone. They'd hire someone. Well, I was working with the former maintenance guy on getting this pool heater up and running, and what we didn't know. Is that these pool heaters were known for being faulty on their exhaust flumes. Me and him got so wigged out, we had to leave because it felt like there was someone else in the room kind of taunting us of sorts.
0: Yeah. It was like a paranoia.
1: And... It was constantly looking around your shoulder thinking you heard something move or you felt something. And so we had left the door open and walked out. And when we had got back in, we looked at the, the faulty carbon monoxide alarm and see that the level was five times higher than what the level that is safe to be around for any period of time is. We were suffering from acute carbon monoxide poisoning. And that created that paranoia and that thought that something else was there. And that's something that uh, whenever people are extremely forgetful or have that paranoia or things, that's one of the first things they're told to do is check the carbon monoxide, make sure right. you have a detector. And so that's one of the common things that can lead to false positives.
0: Yeah, so like I mentioned, we always try and debunk things as much as possible. We don't want to attribute anything and everything to the paranormal because that decreases your credibility when you say it's when you when you cry wolf on everything. Um so there is one phenomena that is known uh fairly well known um it's kind of an e- uh, an EMF paranoia. Um You know you can so for example if you're going down a narrow hallway with a bunch of electrical boxes um, that the EMF frequency that those electrical boxes are giving off can cause you to feel paranoid Um, this this happened at one of the locations we actually investigated where there was like a power um, unit outside of the house and then there was like the washer and dryer And then there was another strong source of power. Um, So these these three things were kind of triangulating high EMF frequencies. And she was one. The girl was wondering why um, people didn't want to stay in the front room because it made them feel weird. Well, you're going to feel paranoid because there's a lot of high EMF in that area. Um, So. That that kind of thing, you know. That's why we go around with K2s and check uh, along the walls before we actually investigate, because typically, you know, things that are going to give off EMF, you know, your your TVs, your monitors, your electrical devices, basically um, any anything that you would expect would give off electric frequencies. So we do a sweep just to make sure that there aren't any weird, funky electrical problems. You know, like, um, for example, in one, one place, we would have the K2 on the floor, but when the power cut on, you could see the light flicker uh, because the, there was power that ran beneath it, and that would cause the K2 to flicker. And so you, these kinds of things, like, you would want to create, you would want to make sure you don't have any um, false positives with regard to um your actual evidence. And yeah, there are there are natural phenomena that can make you paranoid or or think that it's supernatural, but it's it's really not. It's just some other thing.
1: Yeah, it's not a coincidence, but it's a false positive of sorts. Right. Okay. That that's exactly what I was wanting you to say. (laughs) Because again in The hotel, all the electricals ran through the basement. Mm -hmm. And so, at first, I was, you know, you look at everything that could be, and then when you get something thrown at you, you're like, okay, this place is really haunted. Yeah. And to kind of branch off of that,
2: I know this is so professional.
1: So professional. But I'm, I like to bring up discussing the public validity of the paranormal due to people having mental episodes, drug-related episodes, or false positives that over the years we have seen become more prevalent in either the news or media or even people just talking about this. Because it's something that does, as you said, it can take the validity away from actual paranormal experiences. When you got some nut job off of a seven day bender on meth going, I see ghosts and aliens and shadow people.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it can be like mental delusions and, um, other disorders that aren't necessarily paranormal, but could be a psychological phenomena. It could be, it could still be, um, spiritual in nature but it may not necessarily be like what you would think of as as ghosts or paranormal necessarily
2: yeah
1: and uh, i think that's and also the way the paranormal has been portrayed even in them ghost hunter tv shows when some of them have been found to be really bad fakers like awful
0: right <laughs> and yeah.
1: setting things up to get more of an effect or this or that and that's not taking away from some have been recorded. But I think things like that can do a great disservice to the idea of the paranormal, mm-hmm. an idea of something greater because, again, like with a religion, if you believe in something and then you find out, "Oh, this is the logical explanation for that." or "These guys are faking it. It makes you want to rebel and turn away from that idea. Even if you do think it has validity
0: right, so there was definitely a lot of uh and this was one of the things that we had to fight with, particularly in the Bible belt, but also just in general we have to uh as in the paranormal team we had to kind of prove to people that we were legit and that we're not just a bunch of random jackasses breaking into places you know so we would obviously get permission from the locations before we go in um and we would also try and show the evidence that we got to prove to them, like, this is legit stuff. We have tried debunking things. We have tried this and tried that, and, like, we couldn't get this phenomenon to be recreated. So it is difficult when you have reality TV, and they really only care about getting paid and making sure that they get views. Um, so that kind of obviously detracts from the validity of the paranormal in the public sense because people will see oh well so and so faked it and so and so did this and so and so did that um so you you're constantly fighting that because there's obviously a natural innate skepticism to the paranormal so yeah it, it's you you're in the paranormal world you are fighting against skepticism and you you do kind of have to have your own evidence and prove your case essentially
1: yeah and i mean it's kind of like what religion would look at what's happened with re- television preachers and things like that is really taken away and done a great disservice to mm-hmm. religion as a whole, because it's, you see all these fake phonies preaching this and saying this. And then when you catch them in person, it's like, I've stashed money in my walls. I don't care about you. I take your money and buy brand new million dollar cars. Yep. You gotta love them. Mm -hmm. But then then when you have a real experience (laughs) with someone who is legitimate, like speaking with you on the paranormal or the preachers that we have interviewed, it really kind of shows the other side of the coin. Like there is validity to this. It's just in public media, we want to throw around and create a good product. We don't care about the truth. Right. And so, kind of, not necessarily branching off that, but do you have anything else to say on that?
0: No, I mean, you're always going to have your bad actors in, in anything. But yeah, I mean, not everything, you don't, you can't always assume something's paranormal. So you do have to apply some degree of skepticism to any oh, yeah. claim. That That's really pretty much just it about that.
1: Take everything with a grain of salt and do your research. Mm-hmm. All right. And we might have lightly touched on this one earlier, but what do you see the paranormal as due to your beliefs? Is it a bridge from the spiritual to the physical? Is it a place for demons to inhabit? Is it something in between?
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I did kind of, I kind of answered this somewhat. Um like yes, I do believe that hell exists. I do believe that heaven exists. I do believe that like these are places if you can even put it that way um they're, they're experiences that we have maybe they're physical places maybe they're not but even when you get into the spiritual realm like what even is a physical place because we define physical places like something concrete natural that we can experience and what like obviously you're going to be experiencing things after this life so is that physical in the same sense i don't know but um yeah so i believe essentially in these aspects, but I, I think when it comes to the paranormal and I don't really have a full working theory of what it is, I think there's kind of this parallel. Well, there's obviously. OK, so there's actually different components of this. There's hell and then there are these ideas, This this kind of idea in the paranormal world where there are things or places that can be used as portals. Um, so areas where certain demonic rituals have been done can create portals. Um, mirrors sometimes or windows have been seen as portals. Um, so psychics sometimes can pick up on where exactly portals are. They're, typically, it's just a large influx of where entities paranormal entities go to enter or leave our realm. So there's that aspect of things, the, these portals can be, you know, do they go to hell? Do they go to somewhere else? I don't know. Um so that's part of it, but there's also like I think the best way I've kind of come to understand it is there's earth, the natural physical world but there's also like a parallel spiritual world that kind of enter. There's like the, the supernatural paranormal world and then the natural physical world and they kind of collide and intersect. And that's kind of where you get your paranormal phenomenon. Um, And, you know, again, how exactly that plays out in terms of religious beliefs, I'm not entirely sure. Obviously, there are there is heaven and there is hell and these kinds of things. This I don't really know. I don't have it f- exactly figured out. But I do know that there is some interaction between the natural and the spiritual world, essentially.
3: Okay.
1: I, I'd have to kind of agree with that myself because it's hard to really know. Because... Mm especially with how everything's taken. But to kind of follow up that question, does the Holy Spirit fall into the paranormal? Or is it more of a something greater than the paranormal realm or something totally different?
0: Yeah, so that is a really good question Um, because there's a very different vibe and feeling that you get when you're in a plantation at 3 a.m. in the morning, um, talking to some spirit through a K2 meter. And when you're praying and you feel like God or the Holy Spirit is moving in you and and enlightening you or telling you to do something, or you're in church and you feel some kind of spiritual thing. So the, the two spiritual experiences... Are very different. Um, And in my opinion, if it's a matter of which is the quick fix, which can you can you experience easier? Absolutely the paranormal, because it is super easy to pick up on negative paranormal energy. It is far more difficult to pick up on holy energy, uh, a holy presence. So, you know, like even just being in the church that I go to sometimes, I sometimes get a a very it's a very faint, subtle feeling of a holy presence that is actually there. Um, But it it, it's really hard to put into words because it just doesn't feel the same as like uh, when you're investigating the paranormal necessarily so you really have to be attuned to things far more for like a holy uh, a good kind of spirit now as far as whether or not the holy spirit falls into the paranormal like technically yes but also no because it is a spirit right it does fall into that realm but again our um experience of the holy spirit it's not it seems to me to be something far more fleeting and that you can't really control to a science whereas with a paranormal uh location you know you you can kind of get a hunch like oh this is the most active location this is the the time period that was active and you can kind of um do things to encourage activity and more than likely get something to happen but you can't necessarily induce that with god you know so i mean you can you can trigger stuff in the paranormal but you can't always when you you can't control god really um so it is a um, it's it's a little bit of a vague answer but the feeling is much different and it is very it's just yeah it's hard to explain
1: yeah and i'm not sure if. You may agree or disagree with this, but it seems paranormal is very much just a place. If you find the right place, you can get a hold of it. Whereas with a uh, holy spirit of sorts, it's very much time, place, everything has to line up, and it has to be purposeful. To to a point, there's you don't just get that. It mm-hmm. it's very purposeful in the way it reaches you.
0: Well, there's also general spiritual wisdom that god is yeah. omnipresent so i i think if you are attuned enough spiritually you can feel god's presence wherever you are now this is again very esoteric and spiritual stuff that not everyone's going to it's not going to compute for everybody and if you were asking me how do i feel god's presence all the time i don't know i don't know the That's, exact yeah. answer to that But one one spiritual practice that I have been doing recently that has helped remind me of God's presence is called the Jesus prayer. Um, It's just it's a simple prayer that you just kind of pray on repeat. You say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. There's different variations of it, but you can say essentially that and you just say it over and over and over again and you focus on the words and your breathing and try not to get distracted by anything else it's a meditative prayer um and you should essentially be kind of bringing yourself to a more peaceful place um and that that is the kind of that's one of the things that i've been trying to do more recently and that has definitely kind of brought some sense of peace on me um that has been the most i guess sciency way i can induce something like that i'm not i'm not you know These are not the most precise words to explain that. Yeah, because
1: there's no precise thing you can do. Right. It seems very much in a way of wetting kind of your body, your mind, and your spirit together for that moment and allowing yourself to open up to receive if you shall. And also appreciating what is there and what has been created through in kind of a way which that... It has always been kind of what meditation has meant for me. It's kind of taking time to sit, empty out all the outside, and just kind of bring everything together and appreciate and allow yourself to open up to that realm that <clears throat> spiritual realm in a sorts mm-hmm. of a godly way, if that makes sense. that's what I've always yeah. viewed meditation as which even if you're not religious. Uh, Give meditation shot, people. It's really way just just to fucking relax for a little bit.
0: Meditating is good for you,
2: yeah.
1: Yes. Alrighty. Even though some people may feel it's an odd answer, I feel like that is a very good answer, and I'm glad that we have brought the question up, and I'm glad that you answered it so elegantly, sir.
0: Thanks, I tried. It was just a little... Yeah, it's, it, that's one of those questions that's kind of hard to put into words or one of the answers very, at least ways.
1: It's a very nuanced, and when you experience it, you experience it.
0: Right. It's like when we went to the Orthodox Church and we were like, you just got to go. Like, we can't describe yeah. it. You just got to go.
1: <laughs> or that walk, the first, when we walked into the high church of the Catholic Church, and just, we, we, me and you just stood there and went, Yeah. Damn this is yeah something totally different right all right before we get too much on a circle jerk with that one (laughs) i'd like to ask and talk on the effects and historical relevance of spirits ghosts etc you know all the paranormal spoopy things in media folklore and religious ceremony and the possibility of these being legit or caused by outside sources.
0: Okay, uh, do you have specific examples in mind?
1: Uh, this is this might kind of be a broad one, but when looking at ancient uh ceremony sites, whether and it doesn't matter really the religion because they all share some things in common. There have been uh, herbs and things that we have now found to be narcotic, found mm-hmm. in places where they would, where they would burn like sage and things. And do do you believe that that could possibly open them up to something, even if they didn't know it, or is that more of a kind of situational thing where that then it helped them reach that. Enlightened state because they were already reaching for it. Hmm. Because I um, know, uh, go ahead. A- ancient monks they have found cannabis, salvia. They would partake in. Some would partake in uh tryptamine honey, which is honey that is gotten from birds that eat on a certain flower, and it's a very narcotic experience do you believe there's things like that that can open you up kind of mentally to accept that whether it's paranormal or spiritual or do you think that's kind of a non sequitur of sorts
0: okay so this is an interesting question because it kind of brings up the topic of the god chemical um are are you familiar with that at all
1: uh i've heard it i haven't really you know looked into it much but i've heard that being discussed especially with these uh things through history
0: yeah so there have been hypotheses and 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 i'm not super informed on this so it's partly me speaking out of my ass on this but there have been hypotheses from both sides of the aisle um That there is a chemical in the brain that induces spiritual experiences. Um, And so this has led naturalists to say, ah, it's just a God chemical. It's just a chemical firing off in your brain. God doesn't exist. It's just a mental delusion. Then again, there have been more religious people, not necessarily religious, but religious minded people who have said, There is potential with this and we can harness this kind of experience and and can and actually induce it. And then this is where you get into the weird druggy people that like do LSD and have life altering experiences. Um, So there's that. And then there's also, you know, drugs like DMT, uh, which if David were here. He would have a field day. Which um, some
1: people consider that the God chemical because it's released in the brain during near-death experiences or even some enlightened experience. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that is the sole reason because, again, right. is selling short.
0: Right. So, I mean, <clears throat> with that, you <clears throat> that's that's like a lot of these kind of naturalizing and scientific... Scient- Reducing things down to a science of things, what you could say like, oh well, this neuron was firing in your brain when you were having this this very spiritual experience. Well, okay, how do you know that that is the reason why I had that spiritual experience? That could have been the reaction to the spiritual experience. You could be seeing a physical reaction to. Some, you could be seeing the physical effect to a spiritual cause in that sense so the question is i guess the question is like which direction does it go is it like the spiritual causing the physical reaction or is the physical reaction causing the spiritual reaction and uh honestly i don't know enough about it to say whether or not but i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if there are some forms of drugs that do put you in a more conducive state of mind, uh, state of mind to have spiritual experiences. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good thing though, because obviously there are lots of risks with doing these kinds of things, but also um, it's kind of a cheat code. It's kind of like, Oh, I can just get to God if I smoke LSD you don't smoke LSD, but if I know, smoke
1: a ball before going to church,
0: I mean, you can you can rely on drugs as a means to an end. And then that's not really getting you anywhere. Uh, I mean, like, yes, you you might have some extreme, crazy, vivid experience. um, And maybe it's life altering even. I'm not I'm not telling people to go do this, but like it's I would express. Uh, a level of hesitancy about it just because we don't know enough about what it can do. Um, There's obviously a lot of dangers that can come up with it. And I'm not saying like it's, you know, I just don't know really. Like it it could, maybe it's inducing these spiritual experiences. Maybe it's just making you more likely to be susceptible to the power of suggestion through your own psyche it could be like a very down to earth kind of thing. Like you're just experiencing something that your brain is creating. That is only going to be created through the use of this substance. There's a lot of possibilities there, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Obviously I just wouldn't encourage it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But also looking at it, the said could be same said for, uh, chanting, Mm -hmm. which is very trance inducing. You, when, I'm not sure if you experienced this, but when we did visit the Russian Orthodox Church and there was the chanting, it's easy to just let your brain just follow that and get in tune with it. So Mm -hmm. I I see merit on both sides. There's obviously no correct answer. I do see where it could be beneficial in ceremonies and things, but not to rely on it. But also, same with uh, chanting and public worship. I do see the merit behind it, but again, you can't just rely on that. You have to have that personal level and that personal experience as well. Because if you're just getting a religious experience from going to church once a week and you're not getting any other experience through the week, you're relying on that just as much as, say, a hippie relies on smoking pot to get spiritual. Yeah, I think right. it's, it's finding... Um, a balance and more so creating a mindset of in yourself to be Mm -hmm. accepting and wanting to think about these things and learn because I think more so than anything, whether in my sobriety or outside my sobriety, that mindset and that search has done more for me than any chemical or any public interaction could. So And you can look at, uh, even today, there's sections of Christianity that are pot-smoking hippies, and then there's sections of other religions that are like, they drink ayahuasca and go on a two-day trip in a trance-like state to kind of break down some of these harder-to-think things. So I do see some merit in that, but I don't think... Anyone should rely on that. Anyone should go out of their way for that. They should work on in their individual spirituality and trying to build that connection before relying on anything else, if that
2: makes right.
0: sense. Right, so I think it's kind of analogous to a person that is particularly narrow in their understanding of their faith but they go to a church that is very emotional to get an emotional experience yes. and they draw off of that and that's their spirituality and their their spirituality isn't really spiritual it's just this one superficial aspect of your life that you think is much deeper it's kind of the same way with someone who might try to go to drugs and say hey oh i'm going to experience god by doing this um uh, like technically like you might be getting a little taste of it you know or, but you're not you're not going that's not a fully orbed healthy way of experiencing the divine
1: yeah i me personally i'd say do whatever but have a good basis to build on first before you do any crazy shit and that's not discounting the Ancient Christian monks, or you know, whomever in their experience, but that's being realistic about it because we don't have the lack of knowledge that they did. We can look at these chemicals and go, okay, this and this does this, but we also have to mean it seems we're both kind of in the same. We're not discounting it, but we're saying get a good basis first,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I didn't expect to go into the drug realm uh in this episode, but hey, here we I are.
1: That ties into spirituality. <laughs> it and does, it does. The paranormal yeah. because they can make you see crazy shit. Yeah. Kids, don't do drugs.
0: Don't do drugs.
1: And if if you are in a in an area where you do have legal intoxicants, do them responsibly and in moderation. Don't yeah. rely on
0: them. Get right. some help. Get some help.
1: <laughs> and I know in the Bible there's, and we spoke on this earlier, there's a lot of talk of spirits and not necessarily supernatural things that happen, but more things that we can attest to the spiritual realm and whether God is putting that in action or if he's physically doing it, creating these things
2: that do have effects. Mm -hmm.
1: so is there any certain uh things that come to mind right this moment with you on that note because i i know it's more more than likely a total different spiritual experience than what we're talking about with the paranormal but it i feel it kind of ties in with it if that makes sense
0: are you asking like um Do I, is there anything that I believe like God has intervened in or what, what do you mean?
1: Well, in the Bible, you know, there's angels, demons, spirits, God, the Holy Spirit, humans. Is there any thing that a normal person would attest to the paranormal in the Bible that you would think might be paranormal or might be purely spiritual? Anything that comes to mind.
0: Okay. Hmm. So is there anything like that someone might look in the Bible and say, oh, that's paranormal or somebody might say, oh, that's spiritual, but actually it's like paranormal or or that's like a God thing, but like, it's actually like a paranormal thing, like kind of getting them mistaken, basically.
1: Yeah. Is there anything that comes to mind with you? It's just one of those little side notes I had
0: yeah so I mean, I don't know if there's anything specific that I could point to, but I do think we tend to um we don't take everything to its logical conclusion every time when it, with everything that we think about, so I do think that there are some times when it it may be like a like we may we tend to naturalize and assume there's a material explanation for every little thing that happens and in reality like there might be a deeper spiritual purpose behind certain things i know it's a really like vague and abstract answer um but there are underlying forces behind things this i'm i'm going to sound like a stoner now but like i don't really know how else to i don't have a specific example uh because i mean like people might want to say oh well that's like for example um i've known people that that believe in the paranormal but don't believe in god um and they they don't believe that like and it it just makes no sense to me like if you believe in the supernatural like why not go all with the way with it why not actually go down that rabbit hole and ask those questions why would you believe, why would you believe in demons but not believe in god like to me that makes no sense yeah, and so this,
1: the uh, inverse could be said too i've met christians who are like there's no such thing as ghosts there's no such thing as paranormal bitch uh have you have you thought about this
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I just, um, it's one I think one of those, people don't always go to the fullest extent with with things. Um, yeah, that's it's kind of, that's my answer. It's a little vague, but hopefully it's yeah. the answer still. And,
1: and to steal something from you earlier, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Okay, you gotta, right. gotta full, if you're going to commit, commit. Yeah. <laughs> because religion in and of itself is a supernatural thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And to kind of get on a little little uh lighter topic here because we just <laughs> got really deep for a little bit. Let, let, uh, let's really let's really back a little bit. What what are some of your favorite or most studied examples of the paranormal? This could be in movies, books, history, etc. Whatever do you feel would fit in this?
0: Okay, so there's a few things that come to mind. Um and most people know this, but like the legends um about or the stories at least from Ed and Lorraine Warren who were kind of like the first like actual paranormal investigators. Um I think like in the 60s and 70s or so. Um hearing their stories and obviously like the more dramatized forms they take in films like The Conjuring and, and Annabelle. Um those are super. I just love paranormal movies in general, like just supernatural horror movies. Um, I'm not really a big on like. um, Like classical, like murder horror movie kind of things, I actually like stuff that seems like suspenseful and is makes me ask questions about like what's actually possible. Um, and that kind of toes the line between like reality and fantasy. So, so
1: kind of like the haunting of Connecticut type of deal.
0: Yeah. So actual like, uh, like, um, yeah, the conjuring and, um, what's the other one? The exorcist, um, just like stuff that actually is like, which I've met people that are like, I don't want to watch that because that actually can happen. That actually is real. And that's terrifying to think about, and so I don't want to watch it. But I actually I have the exact opposite reaction because I'm like, well, at least at least this is like, it's super fascinating because it's like this this is real, like this doesn't ha- this actually happens, but this is obviously a, a dramatization of it. But also got a shout of, out, got to yeah. shout
1: out, Luigi's Mansion,
0: Luigi's Mansion, dude. Also, that's the second time s- we've mentioned Luigi's Mansion.
1: Yeah, it's it fits perfectly <laughs> also uh another a movie that i really enjoyed was a uh, mama i know it kind of yes. bridges between the physical and the supernatural but i think it's a really scary beautiful movie
0: it's really creepy
1: and it kind of brings the idea of a sp- spirit finding peace and being able to move on which yeah. i kind of feel like happened with my grandmother's ghost my great grandmother's ghost and so I think that's kind of why that movie hits differently now as I'm older. Mhm. But uh any any video games or anything else that we can think of?
0: Um I mean, I know just in general not not video games or books, but like just in general there's a lot of history in um even some of the locations we investigated. Uh we went to the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, um, which is a really haunted place.
1: Oh, I would love to visit like old hospitals and mental didn't, asylums.
3: It didn't get a ton of things terrible. that happened
0: that night, unfortunately. But, um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Sometimes you drive many, many hours away for something that didn't turn out to be anything. It's fine. Um I,
1: I love all the uh, music and stories that come out of uh, New Orleans, especially around the Above ground Crips.
0: Uh, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium also. There's just... I mean, there's a lot of places that's like, okay, these are like legendary haunted locations that it's just super fascinating to hear about them. But also, they're massive and kind of terrifying and daunting to be like actually investigating. So... I mean, if,
1: if my old hotel wasn't like an active hotel, it would have been... Oh, terrifying to be in because it's yeah and it's on the smaller side but it's still massive there's four levels and if anybody wants to you know look into the history and no I'm not full of shit it's Hotel Aiken formerly the commercial hotel formerly the Holly House you guys yeah. are more than welcome to look into it yeah and
2: the finish is off here kind of the same
1: question I asked before regarding or the question that was asked before regarding aliens, do you believe, and granted we see irrefutable evidence that Mm -hmm. there is the supernatural and paranormal, but do you believe that the public would be able to grasp that and be able to digest it if there, you know, something irrefutable happened? Let's say the president is out there talking and, there's a figure that's not there that walks behind him and go, ooga booga, I'm a ghost and goes away. (laughs) You know, something that is so clear as day couldn't be debunked. Right. That do you think that the public would be ready for that if they ever will be?
0: Yeah. So there's a multifaceted response to that. I think that there are, a lot of people who already believe in this and who will who want to believe and who are willing to believe so they believe um i think there's also a lot of people who really don't want to believe no matter what and i think there's some biases sometimes that come into play when it comes to these things and you know that's obviously goes both ways but i think you know <clears throat> Even if there might be irrefutable air quotes, irrefutable evidence, um, there will be some people who try and say, oh, well, it wasn't that it was this. It was probably not even really a thing. And yeah, so, I mean, there's there's going to be people that are still going to deny it. I think we're already at the point where if you want to believe in the paranormal, there's enough evidence out there for you to believe in it. There's enough good evidence. There's enough people that you can go talk to and hear from them, their experiences, or there's a, there's, it's not that big. You you can go out and meet a paranormal team and ask to, to join in. Like you can do that, you know? So, I mean, if, if you're on the fence, like there's ways of going about it to not be on the fence anymore. So <laughs> There is, you know, there's enough out there for people to to believe if they want to believe. But if there were irrefutable evidence, ultimately, you know, I I do think. I think it's easier, definitely easier for people to digest the paranormal than it is aliens, I think, which is ironic. But um, I think more people are willing and already do believe in the paranormal than aliens.
1: Yeah. And I think the only thing I want to say is if you're on the fence or even if you don't believe or you do believe, I'd recommend checking out some haunted places. First, prepare yourself and do some research. Don't bring any negative things into your life that you don't need. Right. But, and haunted doesn't necessarily have to mean negative either. Don't get that idea because there's places where there's paranormal things, but it's not malicious. It's not necessarily evil. It's just there. Right. Go, go to some of these places and see for yourself. You know, I worked in a haunted hotel. I've lived in houses that have had paranormal activity. I mean, our whole area we grew up in was ripe with it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so go out there, get these experiences, create this dialogue, but don't bring a Ouija board. You're going to ask some questions and you're going to get fucked up.
0: Yeah. Be safe. Uh, Don't, Don't do Ouija boards, don't do seances, don't speak with the creepy lady down the street that says she can look into a crystal crystal ball and tell you your future, um, or read tarot cards to you or anything. I'd
1: say that's bullshit. That's not paranormal, that's just some old kooky shit.
0: I mean, it might be, but it might also not be, so just don't, just don't.
1: (laughs) Think of this as your uh, supernatural condom, just fucking don't.
0: Yeah. But, um, yeah,
1: go out and get these experiences, visit these places because not only are they paranormal, but they're ripe with history, and mm-hmm. everyone needs some history in their life. Don't be a little punk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know if there's anything else. I think we've covered a lot about ghosts, we covered a lot more about ghosts than we did aliens, but that's fine. Yeah, um,
1: that's just kind of nature of us as people,
0: yeah. We, Especially we care more about the paranormal than we do aliens
1: oh don't don't get me wrong I care I very much care if there's aliens but I I know that there is the paranormal so yeah but yeah anything else you want to say
0: um sorry that David well first of all like was quiet for like most of this episode and then he just kind of silently disappeared and then so sorry about that that David hasn't been here for like half the episode Um, Also, just general maintenance stuff. Send in your questions to us if you have any questions um, regarding anything we've talked about. Shoot them into facingthegatespod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at facingthegates. Share it with your friends, that kind of thing. You can Um, tweet us.
1: You can comment on our... facebook stuff I, yeah. I don't i'm not on social media much anymore so i don't know what all we're we're on you can p- ask questions there you can email them you on youtube yeah send, i don't know how you'd send us a send us a carrier pigeon or smoke signal but if you can figure that one out do yeah. that i don't well, I mean, care you just got, ask questions
0: you've got three different places now since we're all in different places and different states each of us um so you know I guess technically your odds are higher now to to finding one of us because we're in three houses instead of two. But anyway, I don't know what I'm saying now. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. This is actually the last episode of this kind of mini series that we've done in between the church tours and the next one. Um, So the next episode, we're going to finally actually begin the politics series. So we're going to hate each other by the end of it. And then you're going to be like, ah, oh, at last blood. I've been waiting for this. Eh.
1: Well, people don't forget. We've, we've talked about these <laughs> pretty in detail before we, yeah, where we're, we're still friends at the end of it.
0: Yeah. Most of these, Even if I'm uh, a filthy
1: communist.
0: Most of these conversations we've had are, we've pretty much had in some shape, way or form prior yeah. to recording them. There's or been a couple that we haven't like talked in depth on, but a lot of these are like just more in depth versions of those conversations.
1: Yeah. We've definitely at least planted the seed and now we're tending to the garden, so to say.
0: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we, um, just as a quick reminder, we're ending the show soon enough. So definitely send in your questions and listen to the episodes and share it with your friends. Cause it's not going to be around forever. Um, and yeah, next time we will begin kind of an introductory introductory episode to the politics series. We won't be starting with actual specific issues next episode. We're going to be kind of talking about um, the purpose of government and laws, um, these kinds of things, kind of like the philosophy of politics and kind and of Hallie. slowly segueing our way into actual specific topics where we will fight each other through the internet probably yeah
1: i mean i might drive up there and fist fight them and then we'd be friends again
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I'll, I'll have to wait for you to get here but you know four hours from now maybe it'd be maybe a long we'll,
1: walk man be a long I'm probably walk. be asleep i'm just gonna snuff you in your sleep with a pillow
0: Drrr. great yeah anyway i think that's about it um david will be here next time probably Hopefully. Yeah. So, anyway, I think it's been real.
1: I think it's been fun.
0: I think it's been real fun.
1: I'd have to agree.
0: Uh, I'd and, have to agree
2: also.
1: And we shall see you guys next week.
2: Yeah. All right. See you later.